as the border battle quickly approaches, we're talking Vikings depth chart. Twins got double trouble today. All that and more coming up on Superior Sports Talk. Carol 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers the Twin City sports scene nonstop. Luke Inman is ready to put him on the hot seat. That's what you're going to do to me. Instant analysis. Yanked. Out you go. Post-game breakdowns and red-hot takes. The Timberwolves need a stitch. Reggie and Luke give you a daily dose of Minnesota sports with Superior Sports Talk. Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. Your daily 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at ReggieWilsonTV, and on CARE 11. Hump Day, Reg. We've got the Dream Team back in action and plenty <laughs> of Vikings action to get into. Yeah, man, it's it's so crazy that we are here. You've been doing that countdown since, like, the start of the summer about week one, and we're we're almost here. We're almost to week one of the actual NFL season kicking off tomorrow, and then we got Vikings on Sunday. It's exciting, an exciting time of the year. Almost there, baby. Yeah, remember, follow along, Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and on Twitter. Give us a follow at Locked On M-I-N. Remember, we're a podcast due free and available all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it, we got it. And a plethora of good choices over there. Ron Johnson Show, The Football Party, and more. Your one-stop shop with endless Vikings talk with local experts. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and drop us a five-star review. To football we go. You're right, Reg. One more day in until week one of the NFL season kicks off, four days until the Vikings home opener. And here's what I want to get into today. The Vikings starters are set. Outside of maybe one surprise or two, Jonathan Bullard, Ed Engram, we pretty much knew all 22 starters back in July. And that's great. That's a good thing. But it's a 17-game gauntlet nowadays. It's a foregone conclusion. Some of these guys will get dinged up at some point throughout the season. So the bigger question is, Who's your backups? What's your depth look like? Because starters are great, but who's filling in those big shoes when guys go down? So today we start part one of a two-day breakdown going position by position, calling out our favorite depth pieces and a guy we think could come in and just offer a smooth transition from the starter to the backup. We're going to go through the defense today. Tomorrow we'll wrap up with the offense. Let's begin in the trenches, though, at defensive line. Which Vikings backup defensive lineman are you most confident in? Now, remember, every position's a little different. Some coaches use a far more heavy rotation at certain spots than others. Like offensive line, in a perfect world, you're going to get the same starting five all season. But here on mm -hmm. defense, you could see a heavy mix of different guys subbing in and out all season long. Yeah, it's interesting because they uh, traded for Ross Blacklock, and I think a lot of people mm -hmm. were maybe thinking that he was going to be a starter for them. And, you know, that could be the case down the line. You, you know, you mm -hmm. just never know. But, you know, right now they have Bullard in as uh, the starting defensive end. So I guess if we're looking at the line, Mm-hmm. There's not really, I think the biggest thing about the Vikings that's scary is their lack of depth or, or perceived lack of depth. And when you look at some of the guys that, you know, are starting, like these are top, like, rate guys. You got Harrison mm -hmm. Phillips, you got Dalvin Tomlinson. And then when you start looking behind them, you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, looking at the nose tackle position, there's nobody behind Harrison Phillips at all. So, like, if he goes down, now you're looking at maybe – 
maybe throwing Blacklock in there. Maybe you put Tomlinson in there and you put someone else on the end. And, you know, it's just kind of a mix and match of things. Um, Bullard's coming over from the Falcons. And so you're like, okay, but, you know, he has some divisional experience playing with the Bears. And so you're not really sure what to expect. But I guess if if you're going to make me pick a favorite, um, I don't know a whole lot about Ross Blacklock just because, you know, he was with the Texans the last few seasons and he's pretty much brand new to the team. And so I don't know him enough to say, oh, yeah, I like that guy. I, I, that's that's a favorite because it's like, okay, yeah. he, It's like the dude that just married into the family to your distant cousin. You're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's family. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you don't really know him for real. So <laughs> if I'm going to go with anyone, I'll go uh, James Lynch. I, I'll go no, James I, Lynch. I, he's been there. Yep. And and yep. and he's a guy that seems to be ascending. Um, his 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 playing has has gone up by a couple games over the last two seasons. He even got a start last year. You know, uh, thirty tackles last year. Got a sack. I think that he would be a guy that if something were to happen to one of the the key guys, you're like, okay, I, I'd be okay with you know plugging him in and letting him do his thing. Yeah, first and foremost, has there been a better low-key storyline than Jonathan Bullard coming in? I thought he was just mm -hmm. going to be a veteran camp body. They can get into the mix, maybe cling on, and be somewhat of a backup role, maybe at most. And all of a sudden, mm -hmm. he's named your starter at the other five-tech position. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned James Lynch. That's a good call out. He asked me 10 days ago, my answer would be different. I guess I'll go with Ross Blacklock. You already touched on him. A guy this coaching staff and front office works enough about to give two draft picks up for so two years ago he was drafted with the 40th overall pick coming out of TCU big powerful anchor packs a mean punch he can hold mm -hmm. his ground as that five tech open up some lanes for the linebackers and surprisingly quick from what I remember coming out of TCU watching that draft tape I think he fits mm -hmm. better in a 3-4 system that he did in that 4-3 in Houston probably too big for a three tech Probably too small for a nose, but we'll find out. It seemed like Houston just couldn't really figure him out. Now, though, much more suitable position for his skill set. And, you know, even with Bullard name as starter, you know they're going to find a way to get him on the field more than not after giving up two draft picks for him. So it's only a question of how quickly can he get acclimated now. New system, mm -hmm. new playbook. Going to be very interesting how much he rotates in versus the Packers and that two-headed running game week one. James Lynch, again, glad you mentioned him. Just another guy I thought flashed a lot here in there under Zim these two years. So glad you flung his name out as well. All right, next one up, edge rushers. Which edge rusher are you most excited about when it comes to stepping in for Daniil Hunter, Zadarius Smith when needed throughout 2022? You look at it, you know, um, I, I, I think by default you go DJ Wanham. He was an mm -hmm. ascending player last season. And now to have a guy like that, that, you know, I think is going to be more rotational than, you know, backup just because he has the experience. Like the dude can play. He's he's proven that, you know, um, is a close first, I guess, behind, um, behind those two guys. But, you know, I, I think Patrick Jones should be much improved as well. You know, there was talk about him starting on that, that other outside linebacker spot outside, um, opposite side, I should say, of Daniil Hunter before they signed Zadarius Smith. And so, mm. you know, I think he has had a pretty good camp and, 
you know, I think they they are looking for bigger things from him this upcoming season. And so he's going to be a, a guy that they're going to, you know, look at. But then if you look at DJ Wanham, three years now, or in his third season now, he played in 17 games last year. Like, a guy that played in 17 games, started 14 of them. You're talking about a guy that had eight sacks <laughs> last the team season. In like, sacks. Yeah, yeah, to have a guy like that be a backup, like, come on, dude, that's a luxury. And so I think they're going to try to find ways to get him involved, find ways to, you know, allow him to rush the passer um, in addition to Hunter and Smith because that's a guy that, you feel like is an ascending uh, player. He had three sacks his rookie year, eight last year. Like, the dude can play. I think he's shown enough to, to you know, allow us to say, like, hey, this dude can play. And I don't think you want him to, to regress at, at any point. And so I think that means that you got to put him in there and let him see what he can do. Yeah, two ways of looking at this one for me because it's pretty much two-man race. Like you said, Vikings feel like they have two younger guys that can both come in, offer some fresh legs on third down when needed, and get into the backfield, get after the quarterback. Because of the experience and production, DJ Wanham is the guy I'm more confident in. I feel safer about mm -hmm. just being in the right place at the right time, knowing his assignments, etc. Third year now, as you mentioned, led the team mm -hmm. in sacks last year. But Patrick Jones... Third-round pick last year out of Pitt. From everything that we've seen this offseason, looks like he could even have a higher ceiling. And it's just taken a massive leap from his rookie year to now a sophomore campaign. Quite the luxury, as you mentioned, to have four guys coming off the edge that all offer something different and unique. And I'll say this, out of all the defensive positions we fire through here today, no backups mm -hmm. may play a bigger role than these two guys, given the injury history, the concern for Hunter and Zedarius to go out and actually line up for an entire 17-game season. So having depth here you feel strongly about is just so important heading into the year. All right, next one up, stand-up linebacker. You've got Kendricks and Hicks, your starting pair in the middle. And I got to tell you, I can't wait to see what those two can do together this season. People really sleeping on that tandem right there in the middle of the defense. But which backup has the best chance of being able to step in and play the best here? Not a ton of options when you look at the roster. You know what's interesting is based on the preseason, I like both Asamoah and Troy Die. <laughs> you know, like I, I think those dudes are solid, solid backups. But for my money, you know, considering where they drafted him as well, and just the sheer speed that he has shown, I think Brian Asamoah is an exciting option, you know, for, for a backup. If you're talking about, you know, Hicks or Kendricks, you know, having to take a play or two off or something like that, and you don't want to necessarily miss a step. Obviously, the guys like Hicks and Kendricks are two dudes that, you know, are very established in this league and and savvy and wily. There's all those words that you use for, you know, veterans at their, this point in their careers. But I think you look at guys like Asamoah, you're excited. You're like, man, like, they drafted him to kind of be like the future of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... I think if you look at him and the production that he could have and the impact that he can have, sideline to sideline type of a linebacker, I think you get really excited if you're a Viking. Yeah, no, not much to add. I'm with you. Not a lot of options here again, really. Vikes only kept two backups with William Quineku on practice squad, Ryan Conley on the pup. So pick your poison. Yeah, Troy Dye or the rookie Brian Asamoah. I think it's an mm -hmm. easy one with Asamoah and everything he's flashed thus far in practice, preseason games. 
Dude's just an absolute missile. You realize now why they used a third round pick on him. Scout mm -hmm. said he was a little undersized at six foot and even six foot. That might be a little generous, but hey, you ask any running back who gets hit by him. He packs a serious punch and just the way he flies around the field. You watch. Ed Donatel will mix in some sub packages on passing downs just to get him involved early this season. All right, next one up. Secondary. How about this cornerback position, a position that you have to be deep at in the NFL? I said six, mm -hmm. seven years ago, I was on a podcast. I remember saying, you have to have in the NFL three good cornerbacks at this position. And that's only mm -hmm. become more and more important now as time's gone on in a pass-happy league. Vikes will likely roll with Patrick Peterson, Cam Dantzler, and Chandon Sullivan in the nickel. So I mm -hmm. guess we could consider Andrew Booth Jr. as a backup for now. But when fully healthy, you just know he'll be out there more times than not, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. And so for that reason, I think you are excited about Andrew Booth Jr. as the quote unquote backup. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's interesting because right behind Cam Dantzler, it looks like a Caleb Evans have, has uh, leapfrogged Chris Boyd, which is mm -hmm. which is interesting. You know, Boyd is more the veteran, but Kwesi was so high on a Caleb Evans, like he gushed over this guy just thinking that he could be a guy that could come in and make an immediate impact. And to Evans' credit, he's come in and endeared himself to the the school community, if you will, and uh, coming to this uh, team and, and really kind of made an impact. You know, some some solid plays he made in the preseason, and you know he's only going to continue to get better and grow as he grows with the the NFL game. You know, went to my alma mater, MIZ. You know what I'm saying? No big deal. Um, no big I, I deal. think <laughs> I think he's gonna be. Um, I think he's gonna be a solid corner in the league once he kind of gets acclimated to the game a little bit more. But you know, for everything that we've seen and heard, Andrew Booth Jr. is gonna be the real deal. Just gotta you know learn the game a little bit more. Stop being so handsy, and and you know he's a he's a a, a sassy guy out there. Uh, maybe try to corral that a little bit. You know, Jalen Ramsey plays sassy as well, but, you know, maybe maybe he needs to corral that just a little bit and make sure the technique is strong so that he goes out there and plays fast and, and loose and making plays and not making a whole lot of mistakes out there that's going to cost the defense because that's going to end up, you know, increasing his playing time when it's all said and done. There'll be a learning curve for sure. Maybe a little handsy, a little over-aggressive, got away with some stuff in college. You won't get away with in the NFL, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, plays with that swag that you need at the position. All the best corners in the league have that confidence and swag. I, I'm hoping, if anything, it's just injuries that don't derail anything with his rookie season any yeah. more than they already have. So, hey, if he needs an extra week or two weeks, do not rush this kid back. It's about thinking long-term, big picture with him and his career in purple so yeah obviously Booth Jr. for this exercise we're considering him a backup technically which again at the end of the day likely won't be the case so I'm, I'm with you a Caleb Evans he's the answer here we heard Kwesi you mentioned it leading up to the draft process he's the guy that he fell in love with during that pre-draft process locked himself mm -hmm. in a room with this guy watched the tape they go out <laughs> they trade up back into the fourth round to make sure they're going to get him going to be a lot mm -hmm. of fun just to see his progression development and just how how much he can flash as a rookie backup this year this cornerback room though again you gotta have three good ones minimum well once booth is mm -hmm. back pending how good sullivan is in the slot vikings being able to deploy a dime package 
with Peterson, Dantzler, Chandon, and Booth. It's just awfully nice just from a depth perspective when fully healthy, getting all four mm -hmm. of those guys out on the field the last one. All right. Last one here, safety position. No surprises here, I don't think. Cam Bynum, your starter. So first-round pick, Lewis Seen, the obvious choice ahead of Josh Metellus. Reggie, I guess just bigger picture, how do you think the safety position ends up shaking out both in the short and the long term throughout this 2022 season? So I am really interested to see how this shakes out because we saw flashes of Cam Bynum last season. Uh, when Harrison Smith missed time and the dude can play like mm -hmm. no doubt about it the dude can play and I think moving forward you know when Harrison Smith maybe moves on I'm, I'm not sure that's very imminent at all but I think you got two guys that can you know take over between Bynum and Scene and it's funny because they draft the scene in the first round and it's not like the NBA or MLB or you know, NHL, when you take guys early like that, you are expecting them to come in and make an impact. And so they're going to find ways to get Lewis Seen into the game. And what's going to be interesting is, is I don't know if Lewis Seen is going to play to the point where they're like, oh, no, we got to play him over Cam Bynum, because I do think that Cam Bynum is going to warrant being started each and every week, because we saw just small sample size what he can do. He's athletic. He's uh, rangy, like he just gets it done at that position. He's a playmaker out there. And I think I'm excited to see him in that starting role kind of take shape and and show himself to be a guy that could be relied on week in and week out. And so the question is going to be, how are they going to integrate Lewis Seen into the defense? And, you know, is it him spelling Harrison Smith for a little bit? Is it, you know, some sub packages where you employ a three safety look on some on some downs? Like, what does that look like? Because you don't have a guy like Lewis Seen in there if you're not going to play him. But I think between Smith and Bynum is going to be hard. They're going to make it hard uh, for this coaching staff to make a decision on whether or not you take, you know, this player out, that player out for Seen. And so I think that's... Uh, when it's all said and done, a good problem to have. Vikes used their very first pick in the draft to grab Lewis Seen. You hear scouts talk about how much they love this kid, how special he was for Georgia's championship run. Even with all those mm -hmm. defensive players on there, everybody called up Lewis Seen, though. This guy's special. MVP of the national title game, despite, again, mm -hmm. all that talent on defense. And you're telling me he doesn't walk into week one as the clear-cut starter, let alone in training camp or OTAs. So what does that say about Cam Bynum, right? I mean, this kid flashed yeah. last year in two games he started for Xavier Woods. And now everything you see and hear about him, he's just making plays every practice. The one day I went out to TCO to watch Vikings training camp, he undercut a crossing route. I want to say on BC Johnson. And had he held on to it, would have been a pick six touchdown. Vikes might have something special here in the safety group. You know, right now, early on just looks like it could be an embarrassment of riches compared to our expectations, nice. Enigo, just a few months yeah. ago with Harry Bynum and now again a first-round pick in Lewis Seen. That'll do it, though. That's our favorite depth pieces. Offenses tomorrow going position by position. Just to round this out here, just to recap real quick here, Reg, this is a very young team we're talking about, but there's a real veteran presence 
among them. That's still the core foundation of the roster. So a good mix of just veterans who have been there that you can count on, and then these rookies with a lot of upside. And you know, after everything that happened last year under Zim on defense and all those blown leads late in games, that closing out the half and final two minutes just has to be such a priority and talking point every day at practice going into mm -hmm. this 2022 season. All right, coming up, we're talking which Minnesota twin has stardom potential in 2023. But first, next time you're hungry, maybe a little midday snack, grab a Built Bar. Built Bar, made with collagen protein, so it's easily digestible, provides tons of health benefits. Each bar has just 160 calories and 15 grams of protein and packs the perfect punch of nutrition and taste. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar and grab yourself a Built Bar, something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. And remember, when you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota, Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron talk football every day in the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson right here gives you a sports anchor's perspective on superior sports talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review or find our videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. All right. To baseball we go. Twins in the thick of this playoff race. One and a half games back from Cleveland after getting rained out last night in New York. They'll pick up back today with Louis Varland on the mound, who was just called up. No pressure. No big deal. Your first MLB start comes in <laughs> Yankee Stadium during the team's right. hunt for the division. But today, Reg, with no game yesterday to recap, I want to get into ESPN's latest article naming some MLB players that have reached this kind of superstar stardom status this season. Mm. And wouldn't you know it, Luis Arise makes the list. They mention his chances at winning the AL batting title. After his breakout season, Arise getting grouped in with former twin studs like Rod Carew, Puckett, Joe Maurer, Tony Oliva. The article mentions his ability to hit for more power this year, more doubles, mm -hmm. more home runs. That's really excelled his kind of national status and attention. So, Reg, my question here, if Arise is the player for the Twins in 2022 that's kind of hit that stardom status, which player do you mm -hmm. think could hit that same type of performance and label next year in 2023? Like, which guy has that type of ceiling and potential to be the, you know, the next big thing in this lineup a year down the road from what you've seen this season? From what I've seen this season, I think this is kind of like the least surprising thing that I'm going to say. But for me, it has to be Jose Miranda. Like the mm -hmm. dude captured lightning in a bottle uh, this season. Hits hitting like, I think it was like 164 or something like that. Just like not doing well at all. He was pressing. He was trying to do too much. And then all of a sudden, like... He gets sent down for, what, like 24 hours. Royce Lewis gets injured, uh, lost for the season. And now all of a sudden you're like, oh, dang, like this dude can hit. Like he can play because he's not, you know, putting too much pressure on himself. He's just going out there being loose and doing his thing. And I think that's going to be a guy that I look at that you're like, oh, man, like, you know, he's, he's a dude for them, like. I think he's played himself into a, a spot on this roster and and a, a spot in this lineup week in and week out. And I think that's exciting when you're you're looking at like the the ten thousand foot view. You know, mm -hmm. at some point, 
at some point you'll get Royce Lewis back and you know you just hope that these injuries haven't derailed what looks very very promising uh for a career for him and so I think if he hadn't been injured maybe I pick him but it's funny because like he had to go down in order for Jose Miranda to shine and maybe you think that you know with some of the injuries that they've had this season that maybe Miranda would have gotten called back up anyway and and been able to do this but it kind of allowed him to get some footing it was like once Lewis did go down for the season it was Miranda you know it was like okay look this is your chance. Like we brought you up. You don't have to look over your shoulder like, oh man, like am I going to get sent back down? Because you are the best option here. And so go out there and play. And I think he's done that. And I think he's going to spin that forward, spin that confidence forward and really just kind of break out even more next season. Yeah, Miranda leads the team in RBIs with 58. No, oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. with him, like you mentioned, being set down for long stretches at the beginning of the year. The stats he's put up in only 96 games, 336 at-bats. It's just been incredible. It's super fun to watch. The fact he's only 24 years young, it just makes Man. me think he's only going to continue to get better and better. He's got the tools, though, in the bag to be a star player in this league. But I got to say, though, too, this next guy I'm going to mention, maybe never that superstar status by any means, but I just got to mention him. Nick Gordon just feels like a sneaky pick here as well. Maybe won't, again, hit, mm. ever hit that stardom level or label. But the things he's done, specifically the past two months, have just been so mm. fun to watch. Last week, Nash Walker tweeted out, Nick Gordon last 95 plate appearances, 329 average, 372 on base, 541 slugging, 13 extra base hits, Mm. 17 RBIs. Proofs in the pudding for Nick Gordon. And if Miranda and Gordon can stay on the same just trajectory they're on now, ending 2022 and carry that into 2023, uh, the Twins are just going to have a nice little young foundation to build around and guys they can just count on throughout their lineup throughout the season. So huge game today with the Yanks. Twins need to get hot here, go on a run if they want to steal this division away from Cleveland. First pitch, 205. Rest assured, Reggie and I will be back tomorrow to break it all down. All right, time has come. One of my new favorite segments called Give Me One. I'm going to throw out a topic to Reg. He's going to give me his first response that comes to mind. (laughs) Give me one. First one up here, Reg. Give me one prediction for NFL League MVP. Who you got winning the NFL MVP this season? You know what? I'm going to go Homer just because I can. Let's go. And it's funny because because Michael Irvin uh, picked Kirk Cousins to be the NFL Saw MVP that. this year, and I, I don't know it. what he's doing. I don't know what he what it. he's thinking, but that, I mean, Vikings fans will love that. But an article came out yesterday from Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, okay. mm-hmm. and he said, "Could Justin Jefferson be the first receiver to win NFL MVP?" And I watched. I remember that, Megatron I got some that. votes, right? Calvin got votes, yeah. but he never won it, though, right? That was the closest yeah. we've kind of seen, right? Yeah, and so he said, for a receiver to win it, he needs to have a season that is historic, if not record-setting. Mm-hmm. And he needs to have a quarterback who prompts more shrugs of indifference than shouts of amazement. Enter Justin Jefferson. And so, funny enough, you would think that if a if a receiver was going to win MVP, it would have been last year with Cooper Cup being the triple crown. Last year, Justin Jefferson, 108 catches, 1,600 yards. And you're like, okay, this dude is, is here. But you know what? He didn't even get 
first team all pro votes. He lost out to Debo Samuel because of the the dual threat thing, being a receiver mm -hmm. and them employing him as a runner as well. And what he all did right, in the playoffs too. You got to see him shine for another yeah. two, three more games too. Unlike Jefferson, yeah, good point. Right, and you know whatever, whatever, whatever. Debo, JJ, I still take JJ for my money, but whatever, whatever. But I think that if Cooper Cup had the season that he had. I think that Justin Jefferson can go out even more so and do even better than that with this full slate of a schedule because he's the guy. He's wide receiver one. And I know guys are going to be keying in on him, but that didn't seem to stop Cooper Cup last year. He was wide receiver one for the Rams last year, and that didn't stop them. And so I think it's very exciting uh, to see what Justin Jefferson could do if he just has a – like, if he goes for 2,000-plus yards, 15-plus touchdowns, 100-plus receptions, like, I think that he will have a case. But it's weird because, like, it's most valuable player. But this, this award has turned into most valuable quarterback over the, the mm -hmm. last, what, decade-plus. They, they usually just give it to a quarterback. and. I understand the quarterback's meaning and value to the team. But if you're talking about most valuable player, I do think that Cooper Cup should have had a chance last year to win MVP. And I think Justin Jefferson should have a chance to win MVP this year if he goes off like we all think and know that he can. When I hear most valuable, what I think of is what does the team look like with the player and then without? And like, how big is the drop off when they're not in the game? And obviously, the bigger the drop off, the more valuable that player is. So I get your point on the receivers. I think that's just why, though, you always end up having these quarterbacks win these awards. Aaron Rodgers wins it the last two years because what does that offensive team look like without Rodgers? I can't think of a bigger drop-off than in Buffalo with Josh Allen. One of us had to go home, I respect it. I'm going to go chalk. I think Josh Allen is currently the favorite to win the MVP, and there's a reason for it. The things he does for that team. I went back this weekend. I want that playoff Chiefs versus the Bills in the divisional round, those last 10 minutes of that game, last five minutes really. The things Josh Allen does, man, he's such a competitor. Like that Tom Brady feistiness that all he wants to do is win, man. He'll do everything he can, scratch and claw to win. Mm -hmm. And I haven't even brought up the statistics yet. Throws for 4,400 yards, 36 touchdowns. But his ability to beat you through the year and on the ground, over 700 yards rushing, had multiple touchdowns on the ground. So many first downs converted on the ground with his legs as well. It's just so hard as a defense. You get the perfect call in on third and long. Everybody's covered. Well done, perfect play, and well, Josh Allen sneaks around, scrambles, and runs for a mm -hmm. first down. It's just so tough to beat. I'm going to go Josh Allen, but I certainly respect that you went with Justin Jefferson. And I think like everybody, especially here in Minnesota, we're just so excited to see what J.J. looks in that Cooper Cup role under KOC. We'll hit the rest tomorrow. Offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, rookies of the year, coach of the year, comeback player of the year. But today, that's a wrap. Back here tomorrow, breaking down more Twins, Vikings, plenty more. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports, which, by the way, you can now find streaming on your Roku device. So be sure to look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there 
as well. We're a podcast too, free and available, all platforms. Subscribe, drop us a five-star review, take us everywhere on the go. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter, at TV, and you can check him out every night on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today.